0: I have about 40 IOT devices in my home that generate some kind of data. How many IOT devices does your organization have? And do you know how many of them create data that's important to you? Where is that data being stored and is it being backed up in any way? How do you decide which devices to back up? How would you back them up even if you wanted to? Uh, This episode's probably gonna make you a bit uncomfortable, but. I promise you, we'll give you the best answers we can to these really important questions. Hi, I'm W. Curtis Preston, aka Mr. Backup, and for 30 years, I've had a single passion for helping others protect their data from disasters and lately, cyber attacks. Each episode, my co-hosts and I dive deep into one specific area of data protection. This week's episode will be the Internet of Things. Welcome to the Backup Wrap Up. Welcome to the show. I'm your host W. Curtis Preston, aka Mister Backup, and I have with me the guy who makes me sweat way too much, Persona <laughs> Maliandi. How's it going, Persona? I'm good, Curtis. Well, remember with sweat,
1: you also need to make sure you stay hydrated, which I think you are currently doing right now, right? Uh, well,
0: although I, I don't know if people my, will consider my doctor that. does not consider coffee hydration. <laughs> it's a liquid of some sort. It is a liquid, but it's a mm-hmm. diuretic, which. I think it means that more water goes out than comes in so yes it's, it's not the what helpful. you want yeah but yeah making me get up at god awful hours of the day to go walking with you even though i don't live in the same town what's that about it's good though it's good though right getting
1: out getting some fresh air running into spider webs
0: <laughs> running into spider webs is correct All right, because it's time to talk about the news of the day, backup-wise, and I found two stories, the first of which I'm so excited to talk about. Of course you are. Of course I am, and that is that IBM is releasing a 150 terabyte tape. So The TS-1170, which is the 3592 form cartridge, they've gotten a lot of mileage out of that cartridge. The TS-1170 has 50 terabyte of native capacity and 150 terabytes of capacity with compression. Now, that's interesting. That number, again, I've been around tape a long time. Typically, that number was like 2x, right? Like If you look in the LTO world, typically you you have the native number and then you have the compression number. And typically, the compression number was 2x. IBM has a different compression algorithm. They've typically done 2.5x. They're now apparently saying that their compression is so good, they're getting 3X. I don't know. And the thing I think we should mention for some of our listeners, right, I'm sure
1: a lot of our listeners have heard of LTO, if you have heard about tape, but this is just a different type of format.
0: I'd say it it looks similar in size to an LTO, but it's physically looks, you, you would definitely like at a glance know the difference between an LTO and a 3592, but they can run in the same tape library. In fact, there are mixed media libraries that have both LTO and 3592 media in there. I'm sure our friends over at Spectrologic would be happy to tell you about that. I'd say it's an enterprise class tape drive that probably beats LTO in a number of numbers, but it probably also beats LTO in cost. And by beating it in cost, I mean it costs more. <laughs> oh. <laughs> One concern is that IBM is the sole supplier, whereas with LTO, you have a it's number an open of open format, right? Right. I I don't know. The, the question is, do you like the do you like what that tape drive has to offer? And are you willing to live with IBM as your sole supplier? It's not like they're a company that is liable to go out of business anytime soon, but yeah. The other question I was going to ask you, Curtis. So you said this has 150 terabytes
1: of compressed, yeah, capacity, and that's quite a lot. And I know in the article they mentioned that yes, it is useful for like archiving use cases for enterprises, other things yeah. like that. If we look at the LTO, like the latest and greatest generation,
0: how much capacity does that? Hold? The LTO nine capacity, for comparison holds 45 terabytes of compressed capacity. So this is wow. three <laughs> times the size, uh, more than three times the size of the most recent LTO cartridge. Yeah. That's I mean, huge. That, <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> it's it's yeah. huge, both in the size, you know, and both in the, you know, you know what I'm trying to say, uh, yeah. in the figurative sense of that word. Yeah, so it is a very big tape. The concern I always have with tape is whether or not we can make it happy speed wise. The tape has a native speed of four hundred megabytes per second. That is one point two gigabytes per second uh, with compression. That that's that wonderful three x compression. Compare it again to the LTO nine spec with its. It goes up to four hundred megabytes per second with compression. That is a huge amount of data to feed into the tape. And if you don't feed it that speed, it will not be happy. It will shoe shine. It will have media errors. It will have all these problems. That's what I spent my whole career you know, working with was try to how to make these tape drives happy. The reason why it's bigger in essentially the same form factor is that they put the bits closer together on tape by putting the bits closer together on tape and by having a linear format meaning that the that the, the bits are recorded in a line on the tape as opposed to helical you know, mm-hmm. back in the time that makes the tape faster so my point is yes it's very very big but it's also very very fast and you really need to build that into the design you need to make sure you have a pipe fast enough to feed you gotta it you got to have right? a big ass <laughs> pipe you got to have stuff that... I do not think this is something designed for backup and recovery. It's for archiving, right? Like they said. Yeah, Yeah. archiving and mass storage. Mass storage. So anyway, but fun to talk about. I'd love to have one to play with. Feel free to send me one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was just going to say tape is not dead, although most people would like you to think that, right? Exactly. There's more tape sold today than ever before. People just don't understand that.
1: So this next story from Tech Target talks about... AI, right? And I know AI is everywhere, right? You can't go a single day without hearing something about AI this, AI that, right? OpenAI and everything else and chat GPT. So AI has now started making its way into data protection and backup software. Cohesity recently added AI to its support portal for backups. And It's interesting because I've always thought, what are you going to use AI for, especially in backups, right? It's like, hey, I have this job to do, but I could totally see it being used to help you because failures happen, right? And you need help trying to figure out what went wrong. And as a backup company, you have all this information. Why, as a user, do I have to go like browsing support pages or filing a help desk ticket? Why can't you just quickly tell me how to solve my problem based
0: on all the information you already have? I haven't tried this particular tool, but what it sounds like is they're building it into their support tool. And so perhaps you could have a resolution offered to you for your problems. Like I have these following errors. I have this particular problem. And you could have, if you've got a data lake built by that, you know, with all of the resolutions of the past, they could give you uh, potential resolutions to your problem that certainly seems interesting. My my own personal take here. I, I love that they're trying to use make use of this technology. I don't know about you, but when I go to a website and as soon as I was as just I going to say, talk, yeah, I'm talking to a chat bot. I'm like person, person, customer like, representative, customer <laughs> representative. I don't want to talk to Angie, the chat bot. Yep. I'm old. Maybe the youngins, maybe they'll love this idea of talking. They don't want to talk to a real person. I do know yeah. that I prefer chat support over talking to a person. Yep. I like the asynchronous nature of it. I just, I, <laughs> My only complaint there is make sure your chat bot has a little ding when you get back to me Yeah. because right? I'm going to move on. The asynchronous nature means that they're doing like three or four people at the same time. Well, guess yep. what? So am I. I'm doing three or four yep. things at the same time. So just let me know when you talk to do it. A, do a, <laughs> so yep. I can come Otherwise,
1: back. you have a tab and you're like, "Where did that? Why am I not hearing back from yeah. the person?"
0: So that I don't suddenly go, "Oh crap, what happened to that support?" And then you go back and you see messages. Are you still there? Are you still there? I will be closing this ticket due to your non-response. Dang it. Yeah. And I could
1: see like this use case because, like you said, there are so many other industries, companies who use it for support right? It is a very common use case to have a chat bot. So it's not surprising to see Cohesity taking this approach and just focusing it on their support portal. Because it also helps them with their cost and it
0: helps them with the customers quickly finding the answers that they need. Yeah. For the customers that want it. It'll be be interesting to see uh, if customers enjoy it. All right. Well, that's the news of the day. We need a thing. We need a little chime. Bong bing bong. So in our continued Backup to Basic series, this week, we're going to talk about the Internet of Things, or IoT. (laughs) How many IoT devices do you think you have in your house? Uh, 14. But that's a very (laughs) specific number. Do you know how many I have? Because I know, because I've been working on my Wi-Fi. 127. It's like 37 but it's because of all of the plugs. It's because of yeah. all the smart plugs that I went around with, uh, many of which I'm now decomming. But by the way, if anybody's interested in buying a bunch of smart <laughs> plugs, reach out to me. When we say, what is
1: what, it, What, what is an IoT, IoT device?
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: When we talk about IoT devices, right? It meets a whole bunch of different things. Most people think of it like you said, right? It's your streaming devices, like your Apple TV or your Roku box. It's your TVs if they're smart connected, right? Your smart TVs. It's your smart switches or smart plugs that you use for turning things on. It's your ring device, it's your security cameras. It's your Alexa slash Google devices, right? All of these things are what people normally think about as IoT, which totally makes sense. But there's a whole bunch of things that people don't always think about especially in a corporate environment like your sensors for your doors you have various things measuring say humidity or things that are used for your factories that are all internet of thing devices right there are devices that are getting a task done but people just don't consider those to be internet of things and all of these things are gathering some data or doing something, generating some data and sending it off somewhere. And usually these are sending it off to the cloud, right? Some back-end service, right? Or to some server sitting locally on premises. But it's doing something, it's creating things and it's sending it somewhere, right? <laughs> Actually raise your device right now because that is an IoT. A
0: smart coffee mug that keeps the temperature of my coffee at the perfect temperature. So I would say, that IOT devices, any device with a network connection. How about that? Okay. And typically we would exclude from that definition, normal computers. Like we're not yeah. generally talking about servers and computers and laptops and cell phones. We're talking about, like you said, like ring cameras and smart street lights and my, my coffee mug. <laughs> right. How's that definition?
1: I think that works.
0: Yeah. But in our world, I'm only concerned with one category of these devices, and that is devices that create data and send that data elsewhere, right? Mm -hmm. Which is probably
1: most of them. Yeah. Well, your coffee mug may not be that type of device.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's not, right. Thinking about like, Well, I I think they all send data. It's just that send data that you might care about. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So even my smart TV sends data, but it's just data about what shows I I watch or whatever. But you don't care. And my smart plugs send data about my electrical usage. Yeah. Which is interesting, but if it all went away, I really wouldn't care. Yeah. And I don't think my coffee mug is storing the historical use of... (sighs) what i drag that might be scary let's think about a variety of devices that do this so things like obviously your ring camera your um what what other you know uh, and, and various other security cameras this is a big iot category yep, right? yep. what other kind of smart the, devices that we can think of there's
1: like things that detect humidity right in a factory or other things like that things that might be detecting sensors. Like even if you think about like cars, right? Smart cars, right? Those are IOTs, right? So a vehicle generates a lot of data. That data could be useful to you, right? As you want to know your driving habits and things like that. But it's definitely important to the manufacturer as they start to build. I know we talked about AI earlier as they start to build models and other things like that, right? You need that data in order to be able to do that. So that
0: becomes important for the manufacturer. Exactly. And again, like I'm thinking about, like I have a smart thermostat, right? My smart thermostat sends data, but again, it's just data that allows it to do its job. It's not data that I think of in terms of data that I'm, I want. I'm the opposite of you. Oh, really? I actually like my thermostats
1: data because I actually go back and see how often did it run when did it run right uh, when mm-hmm. i want to look and see okay how many hours and how does it compare to like the average that they write am i using more heat or more air conditioning than other people
0: right, those sort of stats i get information about all right so that means that you value that data yep. Th- and this is really i think the key here is that people and businesses are different They have different preferences about the data that they want to keep on one end, I really want to keep the, the footage from my ring camera. It's been invaluable multiple times in the last, I don't know, few months where it's like Amazon said they delivered a package and we can pull up the ring camera and see that they did not. Right. If the if that data is not there, I'm not able to do that job. The uh, and of course, if, if something more nefarious. I, as we're recording this episode, they just caught this murderer after a two week. Uh, he, he was escaped, convicted murderer, stabbed his girlfriend to death. He was escaped and he was on the lam for over two weeks. They just caught him, and the way they caught him <laughs> was ring camera footage. He would walk by people's ring cameras that would get reported. Actually, he broke into a house that had an alarm. You no, know, that's another IoT device that set off yep. a bunch of alarms. And uh, while they didn't find him at the house, that allowed them to circle their, uh, to, I'm sorry, to concentrate their, their efforts. Their efforts, right? Yeah. We ended up finding him with a heat seeking drone. <laughs> uh, that's another one we did talk about. Yeah, drones. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there are so many types of these devices, I can't possibly fathom them all. But I want to focus on, I'm going to see if I can categorize these. You tell me how I do here. Okay. Police body cams versus my ring cam. Okay. Okay. And, and I'm going to make a third category just on-prem security cameras that may have a, an internet connection, but they're not uploading. They're storing it only locally. So there's three categories there. And, and here's my definition of these categories. So Ring, that thing doesn't store anything. It, Upload, the device. What's that? The device. The devices. device yeah. does not store any data. I have specified... I only want it to, with a ring, you can actually zone in. So I've got it. Set, my ring camera sees my neighbor's house and the street, but I don't care about my neighbor's house and the street. I've got the little motion detector thing set. I only want to see people to come in my yard. I only yep. want it to kick off and record people to come to my yard and obviously people to ring my doorbell. Then it records that data. And then that data is, is uh, sent up to the cloud. The point is that the data is continually stored in the cloud in a cloud service. That's one discussion. Yep. The second is uh, the police body cams. It's a locally recording device that's recording what's going on with that police officer. And then at the end of each shift, they uh, have a device that they pop that body cam in, and then that transfers that data to something magic, and I'm sure every... Police station does something, and by the way, the only way I actually figured this out was by watching modern police shows. They show (laughs) at the end of each shift was popping the camera, and uh, and I realized I was like, oh, I never thought about that. You know, of course that's the way it is, right? Because you want all of that footage, right? Yep. Um, And then the third is this idea of a device that is recording data but doesn't have the capacity to get. At least there's no process created to get that data uploaded. How did I do? Did I leave? What do you think? And by the way, it doesn't have to be video data. It's just any type of data, right? And these
1: are the categories of devices that we actually care about.
0: Because this is generating some data that we care about. Yeah. So the categories are... The first two are basically ca- devices that cre- they're all devices, only devices yeah. that create data that we care about as well. Yeah, we okay, about. yeah, that's what I was. That's what I was so The yeah. first two are devices that there's a there is already a process to find to get the data somewhere, and then the third one is the data is only locally stored and held, and then there agree. is a process. How yeah. we do? No, I think those are the three options. Okay, all right. Yeah. So, what do we think about that first one? From a data protection standpoint, my ring cam let's not say ring cam, <laughs> but let's say it's a more important device—yeah, that is creating data that is now being stored only in a cloud service. What do we think about that? So this, I go back to
1: all the discussions we've had about SaaS, yeah. right? Which is, yeah, the data is up there. Hopefully, they the company, the vendor who owns the camera right, or who created the camera is providing the facilities to make sure, okay, are things protected? Are they available? Are they being backed up? All the rest of that, right? But the question is for these, right, usually it's such a low cost thing that you're not always sure what they're doing. And there are so many vendors. Like typically, right, they might charge you, like I think Ring charges $3 a month per camera if you want the capabilities to record and go back 30 days, right? But there are some companies, right, that charge less. There are some companies that offer it for free. And so the question always becomes, if you offer it for free, what corners are you cutting? And can you trust them to actually protect your data? Now, I think a lot of these vendors give you the option to download the recordings if you want but who actually does that nobody literally nobody. exactly one. not even me. yeah <laughs> exactly so i think that's where it's good that it's out there so it's not a single point of failure on premises so you have the right. data up there and it's available everywhere right you could pull up your footage from your phone from your laptop from wherever else but right. there are some downsides
0: Yeah, so I'd say my general advice there, assuming, again, we're using RingCam, but only to help you understand the device. There are probably hundreds of devices Mm. that create really important corporate data, right, for an organization that is then copied up to only a SaaS service. And my answer to that from a data protection standpoint will be the same as every SaaS service that we talk about. So, so the question is, just make sure you're having a conversation with that vendor and see what the data protection options are. Don't just yep. assume that because it's a SaaS service, <laughs> they're protecting the data because they probably aren't. Yep. The second one, it's a little bit harder, I think, to advise because you've got it depends a system <laughs> on you're getting the data if it's like what I described, and again, we're using these just as an examples, mm-hmm. but if it's like what I described with the body cams, where at the end they, they pop this thing out of their vest and they pop it into this, there's like a wall of these things. They just pop it in there. And it does two things. It charges the, the camera for the mm-hmm. next shift, and it also downloads the video onto their video system. I think in that case, it's probably being stored in a locally accessed system which kind of makes it like the second or like the third device so we'll we'll get to that in a minute but i'm what i want to focus on here is that you have this device that's creating data out in the field that isn't that unlike the first device that data isn't automatically being transferred up i think again an example that i can think of the first device is i knew an engineering company that had an ipad based system that they went when they went around, they took pictures of what was going on in the field. Those pictures were automatically uploaded to their mm-hmm. cloud system that it right. writes. That's yeah. the kind of thing. It
1: instantaneous. About.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, instantaneous. But the type of device I'm talking about here is you have a device that creates the data out there in the field, and it has no internet connection. And then you have a way to suck that data in. Just make sure that whatever that is, whatever that system is, because it's going to be critical. That system is being protected. Here's a question: How many police stations,
1: since we're talking about body cams, how many police stations do you think actually back up that body cam footage to
0: a reasonable degree? I got nothing.
1: I have. You no, have no data, one way or another. But
0: yeah, I don't know. It, I think it depends on uh, some of the police stations were forced to do these body cams, and others are like really thinking of them as a really good tool, yeah. and others are like hating them no like any it budget it's a prioritization thing yeah
1: yeah but i so, was just thinking about like how many times have you heard of like body cam footage going missing yeah i can't think of another example of this type of device it could be like iot devices sometimes you're out in the field like gathering results, like you're in a remote location and you come mm-hmm. back to a central base and then it uploads the data. It could be even pictures,
0: right? Like your cameras, yeah, right? Yeah, the pictures. Yeah. Except that in your scenario, the pictures aren't automatically uploaded with an internet connection. Or Instead of buying iPads with the mobile signal, they bought a Wi-Fi only iPads. So yeah. the data all uploads when you get back. Yeah. Just make sure you- that data is going gets protected. Yeah, it's like, or another example
1: is like, you see a lot of like professional photographers, right? They shoot with digital SLRs, right? And typically they don't have Wi Fi connection. So it's stored on a card, right? They take the card back in the night to the camp, right? Then they upload it potentially, or we'll get to the
0: third case, right? Which is probably more likely what they end up doing. Yeah. All right. So the third case, and what I really am thinking about here is I really am thinking about digital security footage. Mm -hmm. of which there is so much now, right? It it used to be not everybody could afford, right, um, you know, uh, security cameras, right? But now suddenly everybody's got HD security cameras and they have – it doesn't cost a ton of money to create, um, you know, basically there's companies that for a couple thousand dollars – you get a, a you know a purpose built system that has a has a computer with with a disk drive on it, and then it has you can, and and it supports like one I was just looking at um, the, the the church where my wife and I met. They they have a school there, and they had an I uh, they had a this digital camera system that supported up to, I think it was 16 cameras. And you just yep. buy the, the POE cameras, right? Mm-hmm. So that's power over Ethernet. And piece of cake, you're off and running. And, it, and it's yep. sort of self-contained. The concern that I have here, and this is what I wanted to talk about. So having worked with a number of these systems, Murphy's Law applies. The chance that you have the footage that you're looking for mm-hmm is inversely proportional to how much you want that footage. I, I can remember many times where vandalism happened, theft happened, smash and grabs happened, like full on like hardcore vandalization of, of the inside of a building. And ninety percent of the time we go we're like, oh the camera was wasn't working that week Uh, there. The reason why, without going into detail, the reason why I was looking at the video system was there was an incident that happened at the school and we went to pull up the camera footage and uh, we found out that of the 16 cameras, the one camera that wasn't working (laughs) was the one that That you wanted. Yeah. The concern that I have is if this is a device that's creating important data and video is an example of it it can be it's data that no one cares about until <laughs> until, until they care about it until they really yeah. care about it <laughs> it's interesting it has like the opposite value of most data most data is really important while i'm working on it like while it's being created and then the moment i'm done with this document i couldn't care less right i'm going to put it in google docs i'm never going to look at it again yeah. this is data where we're making so much data <laughs> it has no value and then three weeks from now we're like hey did anybody got any footage of that uh, that room when the thing happened and you're like uh, let me see and the answer's no what do we think about this this is a real problematic yeah and i
1: think like you said you should back it up the challenge becomes Whether it's obvious when you are using these systems that is there facilities to tell you how to back things up, what you need to do, or is it just like, yeah, everything's self-contained, nothing I need to worry about until things break?
0: Yeah, I think it's it's like the SaaS category. I just want you to have this conversation up front. Is there any availability built into the system? Is there any ability to have more than one copy of the data? It can be problematic to have more than one copy off-site because video it's They have sixteen yeah. HD video cameras. Do you know how much data that is? A ton. And had, if they had a, a, a you know, an, a, an internet connection, and then that data was uploaded to a cloud server somewhere, they'd hit their cap, their data cap, <laughs> within a day. Yeah, exactly. So it can be real problematic and dedupe doesn't help. Why, yeah. why does dedupe not help, Persona? Ddupe does not help with video because of
1: how video works. Because it's typically how video works, right? You have one frame and then it changes to the next frame. Right? And so there really isn't a lot of duplication between
0: frames. Yeah, dedupe. Well, I would say dedupe doesn't work because there's no dupe, right? There's no. And compression. Yeah, there is compression and there are compression algorithms that help with security camera footage specifically that is able to detect the similar things between frames. I think they call them codecs there. It can be really problematic. So the best I can say for you for many of these is to see if you can create an on-prem backup. This is, I'm gonna violate my usual rules, right? (laughs) Basically because the alternative is near impossible. It's not possible, yeah. So see if you can create an on-prem backup. Many of these servers, I'm going to say all of these servers are either based on Windows or they're based on Linux. And hopefully you will be able to like install some kind of something on that box to then copy the data to another box in the facility. And then it just becomes... In the event of something really bad, like a fire or a flood, then you grab that box and get out of there. Yeah. No one's going to remember to do that, but <laughs> it's go, in the midst yeah. of saving their life, no one's going to go, hey, make sure you grab the video back up. But that's the best I can it's do. It's at least it. something. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's
1: the best possible thing, because otherwise it's better than not having anything
0: at all. Yes. Never let... The perfect be the enemy of the good. Good, better, best. Do what you can until you discover something better. If there is a way, like the thing like with Ring, for example, Ring has figured out how to minimize the footage, how to minimize the footage that matters. You can do that somewhat with security systems. You can turn on... protection. yeah, motion detection. Thank you. You can turn on motion detection to minimize the number of hours of video you are creating. And maybe the system can use a Kodak to reduce the size of the file. Yeah. And then maybe it's possible you can put some kind of backup system on there, like a, something that I would think of as a backup system to get that data off site. Th- that's a lot of maybes in there. But just realize that what you're looking for is one of the most challenging things in IT right now. A really important data-intensive IoT device that can create a ton of data that is only stored in one place and they don't send it anywhere because it's just too big. Yep. Uh, I got an example for the second one. My meter, my electric meter. Hmm. So my electric meter stores my electric usage for the entire month. And then once a month, they wirelessly go by and they pull the data in, right? No,
1: yours a, isn't always connected?
0: No, not like yours. Yours, yeah. are, you have like, you have uh, what you call a smart it? smart meter. Yeah, they, yeah. yeah, but they recently, uh, the same with my water meter, right? The water meter, they went around and they replaced the water meter with a smart one that has uh, on the top, they have a little round metal thing. I don't know what to call it. Mm-hmm. Right. That then they drive down the street and it gives them all the, all the data from Mm -hmm. all the, that's a, that's another example. Yeah. But yeah. So I guess the general advice here is to just think about all of the IOT devices that you have. A good way to do that is to use your, your Your network, (laughs) look at your network. Yeah. Right. And, you know, look at all the DHCP addresses being given out to random devices that, uh, and then you, you have, have no know. idea what they are in the case of mine what's super annoying is when you have an iot device that doesn't give its name like it it, it just says it gives you its mac address and you're like that's not a name i mean it is a name <laughs> but it's, it's not, not a yeah i've been going through a lot that lot <laughs> lately as yeah. you know so, oh, right. oh, one thing ahead.
1: I wanted to add that I don't think we covered, but is also important is I know we talk about video, right? There are also use cases where you're streaming data. For instance, like my thermostat, right? It's probably sending, hey, here's the temperature, here's when I turned on, and sending all this data at probably, let's just assume it's say every minute, right? Now, as a vendor, right, you may not need to care about keeping all that data, all the raw data for every minute right? You might aggregate the data up and say, okay, instead of every minute data, I'm going to aggregate it every 15 minutes. That aggregated data, though, you still need to protect that data because that's like what consumers like myself see, but you may not need to necessarily keep the raw data forever and back that up. So that's another important distinction as well is understand how that data is going to be used, what's coming back from the IoT devices, what you need to keep and how long you need to keep it for
0: or if I could summarize what what I'm hearing you say there is, look at what you're going to do with the data that you get, and then consider your data management practices based on that. Yeah, right. So the, the I think uh, a correlation or, a, or a, a similar device to what you're talking about is sensor data and manufacturing facilities, they've got all yeah. these sensors. And this is this is kind of like the some of those sensors are directly driving what's happening. Some of those sensors are used later in investigations. And so just realize what that data is being used for and then store it and protect it accordingly. And I'm just saying, just have this discussion. Just just (laughs) think about all the IoT devices that you have. And sometimes we spend a little bit too much time just talking about servers, just talking about SaaS devices or SaaS services and uh, we don't spend enough time talking about the millions of IoT devices around. Yep. All right. And with that, thanks for having the chat again, Persona. Anytime. Thank you, Curtis. And looking forward to our walk in the morning. Absolutely. And I'd like to thank the listeners for listening to us. We'd be nothing without you. And remember, this is an independent podcast. The opinions that you hear are ours and not necessarily an employer. That's a wrap.